Hello guys, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for clicking on the button once again. Now this is a kind of examination always of sport and life and how the two interplay. We've had a lot of professional athletes on here, boxers, former footballers and how they've transitioned out of it. But I think one thing that's interesting is about the quest to make it as professionals. A lot of us who are sports fans, a lot of us who work in the media like myself, covering sport, perhaps are frustrated professionals, maybe didn't have that ingredient to make it, didn't have that kind of right timing or that sort of, I guess, mental strength at the time to, to do it. So we're always fascinated by professionals and the process of making it. And on that note, I'm very pleased to say that Nick Housden is here today, Cheltenham Academy coach, but also someone who's working to, to kind of find people that have fallen outside of the football academy system, because sometimes it can seem a bit fatalistic now. It's great that kids get picked up in academies, but once you're in, you're in, and once you're out, you're out, and perhaps the opportunity to pursue a football career slides by. Nick, uh, it's great to see you. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm really well, really well. Thank you, Ed. Um, thanks very much for inviting me in, and um, yeah, really good to, good to be here and, and to be talking about this. Yeah, it is, and it's, it's a new scheme, isn't it, Bridge the Gap? It's been going for a, a month or so in, in Gloucestershire. Yeah, so so Bridge Football Academy, we, we've set up um, really to be a, a kind of a, a stepping stone, so to bridge the gap between grassroots football and academy football. Um, it's something that we've identified as a massive jump for, for players, particularly at an age where where they're going through lots of other things. So, mm. so the idea of Bridge Academy is that that we can really help with that process and and help boys, you know, the, the most talented grassroots players reach academy football, but in a way that that works for them really. Yeah, and it's interesting because when I would chat to you and um, you got here early actually, I just did a recording at my house to probably hear the birds and the little bit of wind, but I just taken my little girl swimming and I got back and I just asked you, could you send me some information about it? And I'd, I'd, I'd read it, but had missed the point about the ages of the kids. And I presumed it was like sort of 19, 20-year-olds who maybe missed the cut uh, in terms of professional football. It's actually, it shows you how young this is. You're talking about young kids, six, seven, eight-year-olds who perhaps have left outside the academy system but still have that that skill that comes to light later because you're never even sure when people kick a ball for the first time, are you? No, definitely. And and uh, academy football, you know, is has its own pressures, and that's all the way through, really, from sort of under nines right the way through. Um, we're definitely working with older players is is a is something that we're passionate about doing, and we will look to to kind of expand our program into 16s and 18s and then later on to 23s as well because like you say there's so much talent out there that's been been mm. missed or not picked up for kind of whatever reason but with the younger the younger age groups um you know we feel that that pulling them out of grassroots football um, and straight into academy football sometimes isn't isn't the right way to go it's not right for everybody and we're trying to find a, a different way of doing that where where players can still enjoy their local football um you know still enjoy the social element with their friends but also get the elite side of coaching and and the kind of the, the more professional side at the same time yeah because you talk about professional you talk about young kids under nine-year-olds in that in that bracket you said it's pretty it's pretty full on this schedule isn't it in, a, in an academy at a league two club like Cheltenham town you said it's uh it's, al- it's almost more than sem- well it's more than semi-professionals would have trained back in the day in sort of conference south level yeah, definitely. Um, academy football, um, certainly within what we call the YDP phase, so sort of 12s through to 16s. Um, so those boys train three nights a week um, for a couple of hours each session. Uh, and then they have their games on the weekend as well. Uh, but also alongside that, uh, they each have sort of strength and conditioning programs. They have um, sort of admin and, and homework that they have to do kind of to, to evaluate their own performances. They have player reviews on top of that, so where we sort of sit down and, and kind of update them on how they're getting on and, and set targets and goals. So it's, it is full on, um, certainly as, as 
boys get older, you know, really they're in with us more than, than they're not. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely full on. They're almost younger than they would be getting necessarily judged at school with serious exams like GCSEs. But in that age group, I remember that as well when you're in that age. Sometimes you, you, you kind of want to avoid too much judgment, don't you? Because you've got your school situation, you're trying to make friends, you've got your exams at school as well. It's, it's difficult. Do you find that some kids maybe sort of avoid coming to the academies and, and, and stuff because they just don't want to be in a too serious environment? Maybe it takes some of the fun out of the football for them? Yeah, definitely. That that's part of the reason that we've we've set this up. Really, is that academy football at nine, ten years old is is great, but it's not for everybody. And and for some players and, and for some sort of young people, really, that they've got you know other commitments, they've got other interests, and it's it's not right to to kind of you know put that massive commitment on them you know early on. So some players it is right for, um, but the idea of this program is that you know they can still have those social elements and enjoy enjoy sport, enjoy other sports. You know because when when you sign academy. For Football, you tend to you tend to get withdrawn from other sports as well. So so within our program, you have players that are enjoying their grassroots football. We have a lot of rugby players. We have um, players from all kind of different backgrounds, athletics, um, and they're still able to do that whilst enjoying their football, you know, with us as well. So. Yeah, it's brilliant. It was brilliant to keep that sort of fun level up to it in case you don't make it because you want to keep that, that love for the game. And I suppose when it's extrinsic and you're looking at goals like careers, maybe it could take some of the, that intrinsic fun out of it. You've done it for, what was it, a month of trials last month. Yeah, how, did that, how did that all go? How was it received? How did the kids enjoy it? And how did, the, I guess, the mums and dads enjoy it as well? Yeah, so we had about 70, sort of between 70 and 80 players across the, the three-week period. Um, we've looked to take about half of those into our programme. Uh, it was really well received. Um, we had some great feedback from from parents and players. Um, really, really kind of progressive, and and a lot of them, it, like I say, it, it's kind of what people want. It's they don't want to be pulling their their children out from other sports, and they don't want to be, you know putting them into a program that is a massive commitment straight away they want them to explore and, and enjoy other things and, and the science is, is clear now is that a lot of the players that we get into academy football often come from other sporting backgrounds so to pull them away from you know rugby hockey basketball and athletics at nine ten years old sometimes isn't the right thing for them mm. so our program kind of assists with that and, and lets them explore and let them lets them work out what they want to do for a longer period than perhaps if they were signed at nine or ten years old exclusively to academy football. Yeah, that's in- it's interesting. It's, it's a weird how players develop as well, isn't it? Because I know that now in the, the Premier League clubs do tests physically to see how tall you're going to be, if you want to be a goalkeeper, how physically developed you'll be. But the mental side of it and the emotional side, confidence is a big one, isn't it? Do you feel that sometimes kids are just going through a tough phase when, when it comes to get into an academy or, or get an opportunity later in life at a professional club because maybe it's not a good time in their lives and perhaps you know this kind of like finality of it, like you missed the boat is wrong because people develop at different stages and, and go through good and bad periods in their life, don't they, like all of us? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you imagine, you know, you have a, a player come in at, at 12 years old and you're taking him in on trial and, and that could be from sort of six to eight weeks period. So you're taking a 12-year-old out of an environment that he's familiar with and he's used to. He's going into a group of established players that are already signed to, to the group. Um, he's already going through things like exams and changes of school, um, social pressures that come with being a teenager anyway. Um, uh, you know, so, so there's so much going on. Trying already. to be cool. <laughs> trying to be cool, trying yeah. to fit in, trying to, trying to date, trying to, you know, get in with girls, trying to, to do whatever, you know, whatever teenagers yeah. do now. And, and to, to then be judging that player you know, in terms of just his football and ability across a, a, a smallish period, you know, six to eight weeks, it might not be the right time for him. He might have other things going on that, that mean perhaps he doesn't perform to the level you expect. He may struggle with anxiety, he may struggle with nerves. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're on trial, you know, you have that spotlight on you as well. So so just because a player 
it isn't the right time for him at 12 years old doesn't mean we should be writing him off and saying okay well he's not going to be an academy player it might be that he needs to go to 15 16 18 and at the bigger clubs even you know take they have an under 23s because they have 23 year olds that perhaps aren't quite ready to step into you know into the professional football environment so so that's um you know it's a massive thing for us really yeah, it's interesting. It's that process, isn't it, of coming into a new group and, and kind of trying to fit in. She said to me as well, and I remember like any trials that I went on as a kid, it's that difficult thing because you're trying to play football, which is a team game, but you're trying to stand out. And sometimes that's it's not an easy process, is it? Because you try and be a bit flash or you can then almost hide the other way as well and just try and be too, I guess, uh, industrious and, and just do a teamwork. So it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing for them. And you talked about that when you were analysing kids with other coaches who perhaps might say to you, oh, they're a bit withdrawn. You have to give it in the context of they're, they're just young young people. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, concentrating on the fact that they are young people and that they do they do kind of listen to every bit of information you're giving them and they may take it to the extreme. So, so players are, you know, they're aware that they're being watched. They're aware that if they make mistakes that we, we probably are seeing that. And so that's a huge pressure in itself. You're also coming into a group of players that, Yes, they may be your age group or the group that you're going to play with, but you're probably playing in the same position as somebody. So they're going to have competition and they're not going to be great, you know, particularly happy that, that you're coming in. So you have loads of pressures going on yeah. around the trial period, as well as all the kind of the social and psychological pressures that come with it um, and come with that age group. So there, there are literally hundreds and thousands of variables that, that mean perhaps a player doesn't, doesn't trial to the level that... That they maybe want to so so our program is here really to not just to, to help players that haven't had that but also to arrange trials for for players that that um you know would like that opportunity as well so it's really just getting the balance yeah that evaluation anxiety is is big isn't it um and i think yeah you definitely found that when you were when you were a kid that perhaps you didn't feel like you wanted to be judged uh, too much and what we talked about as well and it's interesting it's in my career in in tv certainly you have people who decide who goes on tv you have to do screen tests and it's in, it's always interesting you have one boss who loves you one boss who doesn't one boss thinks you're good one boss thinks you're rubbish and that subjective element's big in in football i remember growing up wasn't it because sometimes you have a coach at any level who thinks you're great and other times you have a coach who for some reason takes a, a dislike to you that's a, it's a big part of it isn't it it's managing that is that just kind of getting a group of you to try and get a group decision sometimes because you'll have your own favorite subjective sort of of, uh, judgment is a big part of it yeah and certainly within certainly the work we do within academy football at at Chantham Town it's it's very much a a collective decision so it goes from the kind of the academy managers and the heads of phases all the way through through the coaching staff but but it's you know it's human nature and, and football is subjective and sometimes you don't agree on players so so that's where you know players that maybe some coaches like and some don't and they don't get signed because one person has just taken a dislike to them and we end up with them in our program uh, and you kind of think well what, what you know what why isn't this player signed but we get you see some really talented guys you say that you'd be surprised yeah definitely i mean we've got you know we've only been operating about a month and we've taken half of the group that we had had come in and probably out of that you'd immediately say that there are five or six players ready to go straight into academy football so so the talent is out there and and it's not been you know not been recruited for whatever reason but but these yeah, programs like this are massive because without them, those five or six players probably wouldn't get the opportunity to to be in the shop window again for professional clubs. Yeah, what was your background as a player, Nick? Did you have a similar sort of situation with yourself and kind of trials and things like that, and, and being judged by coaches? Yeah, look, so I, I never made it as a professional footballer, but but certainly from from trials that I attended, and um, you know, you know, you, you you remember these things. You know, I'm I'm. Okay, 
about in my thirties now, and I, and I remember, you know, the stresses that I went through at thirteen, fourteen, you know, in front of coaches, being being watched, being kind of examined, and, and <laughs> it's like your first touch suddenly deteriorates. Yeah, it, it is. It's weird. It is, and you you know, like I say, what well, I think. Uh, as a country we're better at that now um, but we still have that that pressure there's still a massive amount of pressure on on young players going in on trials so um we're definitely you know it's definitely something that needs to be addressed and, and that's why i'm passionate about the program that that i've set up and we've got some really good people really you know good people from ex-pro kind of backgrounds and people from you know full-time coaching yeah. positions involved because you know they see the benefit in it as well well simon goodwin um, chairman of the former players association at cheltenham town and youngest ever player to play for cheltenham town. i know he's he's a part of it and he, he connected us as well uh, how do you see it in terms of the clubs you're, you're working with because it's generally people in the local area isn't it within striking distance of, of cheltenham and gloucester so you've got forest green rovers Oxford, Oxford United as well. Have you, yeah. Swindon, have you been in touch with them? Bristol Rovers, Yeovil, Forest Green. These these are all clubs that we can feed feed players into. So our, our the academy is isn't exclusive to one club. So although I'm I've got connections in it at Cheltenham, you know these are players that we're looking to help. And we've had you know we we already have players in our in our program that Cheltenham Town haven't taken for one reason or another previously, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But it might mean that Forest Green did want to take them or Bristol Rovers or Yeovil or you know whichever club. And and it's not you know. One, what one club wants to sign, maybe another club is is looking for, um, you know, or not looking for. It's it's opinions, and and every club has their own kind of criteria for what they're looking to recruit. So, for us, it's getting it. You know, we're we're offering talented players to professional clubs for no, you know, for free. So yeah. it's an absolute no-brainer for the clubs to get involved in, and and you know, the feedback we've had from the football clubs has, has been great. So yeah, really, really positive. And to the young lads like that as well, because they're not they're going to an environment where they haven't been prejudged, where they don't think there's a coach who who doesn't like them. It's a fresh start and perhaps suddenly they blossom in a in a new environment maybe whether they're at Forest Green and go to Cheltenham or vice versa or or down to Yeovil yeah definitely and, and probably the big part of that is that every club looks for different things so a player that, that has a you know a certain physical profile maybe that isn't isn't what one club are looking for but it fits perfectly with another club so obviously the, the second club are gonna look on him more favorably so and you know his physical makeup or perhaps you know psychological strengths they're not things that that um, players are sometimes that aware of they they kind of just judge each other on a technical basis but from us you know we have we have those connections in at clubs where we know what they're looking for and we can we can kind of fit our players according almost according to what the clubs want really so it's yeah it's a real win-win situation and generally how important is it for clubs at the level league one league two um, and below that to to kind of develop youth that lives locally as well because I was speaking to Michael Duff the manager of Cheltenham Town and he was saying obviously he's played at Burnley but he was saying that when you come back to Cheltenham he realises you have to be an hour radius when you're looking for players because you're not going to offer them a giant salary you're going to offer them a one or two year contract and actually you don't really want to pay relocation costs they possibly don't want to relocate if they've got a family base somewhere else so actually for clubs there must be a huge advantage to developing young talent who are already settled in the area they're going to play in yeah, definitely. I mean, League One and League Two clubs, you know, you're always looking to to recruit and to develop talent within your local area. Um, certainly for scholars, you know, the, the costs involved in homing home in scholars from, you know, massive, massive relocates is, is very, very large. And, and clubs that are in League One, League Two can't afford that. So, you, you know, you are battling for the best of kind of your local talent. Um, and, and the fans want to see it as well. Fans of, you know, professional clubs at Cheltenham, at Forest Green, at Bristol Rovers, there's nothing they, they love yeah. more than a, a homegrown player coming through. So, you know, it's what the fans want. It's what the clubs want from a financial 
financial point of view and it's what the players want players want to grow up and, and play for their kind of the local heroes play for the local clubs so yeah definitely developing local talent is is really important uh, something that that we are dedicated to and, and I know a lot of clubs are as well. And what's your emphasis to the kids that you work with as well? Do you, do you value education and, and doing other things as well? Because you know, when you speak to some of the former t- uh, Cheltenham players like Simon Goodwin, John Finnegan, they talk about the importance of you know, transitioning into another career because they're not earned sums where they can just you know, relax, start a business, invest in something like the Premier League players can. Is it, do you always coach them through the, the concept of, yeah, have a crack at a career in the lower leagues, but be aware that you have to have something else in mind. Do you think that's important? Because, you know, you're talking about lugging carpets or stripping out carpets at Cheltenham Ladies College here when you were younger, yeah, um, just around the corner from where I live. And I was um, also worked at did Pickford. I did a summer on the bins when I was at uni, all this kind of stuff, just random jobs. But do you think it's important for them to have a, a sort of second, a plan B in mind as well? Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. And, and, you know, I think it's um, less than 1% of players within our academy programme will go on to be professional footballers, and that's within the academy programme. Yeah. So it's a very you know minor amount of players that will go on to learn a living from the game. So it's really important that they develop other interests and, and skills in other, other areas. And again, it comes back to, you know, players within, within the programme that we're running now. You know, we'll look at them playing multiple sports because it may be that they, there's a career pathway in another sport. Um, you're looking at, you know, helping them with their education as much as we can and, and I know the football club now um, at Charlton Town we, we get reports from players from schools because you know their education is massively important yeah. and sometimes football can act as the kind of the carrot a little bit for, <laughs> for young people that aren't, aren't performing as they should be in school so um, but massively uh, you know their education and developing other interests is really important um, the values that football brings can can be transferred across multiple areas and, and it's really important for us that you know, you help develop the person, not the player. And if you can help develop the person, um, then you know whatever career they go on to to, to take up, um, hope you know you hope that that they offer something really positive to society, and that you know that they have a really positive sort of contribution. Yeah, it's interesting. I just wonder actually because I remember um, learning to deal with sort of coaches and then when you're later in life bosses I remember a, a guy at university ended up playing in his team but he used to some reason really dislike me because you're killing me you're killing me and all this stuff to me and I remember I had a year of doing that and then we changed teams and changed coaches but I remember sort of thinking oh I'm just going to dog this out and stay there and I think actually that's probably good preparation for later in life if you have a, a boss you don't get on with or you know someone at work a colleague you don't get on with and and also that teamwork element I think do you see that in the kids that is a huge advantage for them to to be in the academy system to to play sport to a high level it gives them the skills to, to transfer to, to other things yeah I mean you know that, that's huge and it's, it's definitely the case I mean we, we look at um, players and as I said it's all about developing the person really so can you can you develop their social skills can they can they mix with people that maybe you know coaches that maybe are quite direct with them or maybe they think don't like them have they got the skills to deal with that can they deal with psychological pressures from the game because all of these things you know you're being judged as well to a certain extent you have to get used to that don't you in, in life yeah hugely and, and if you look at you know look at society in general you're always being judged you're always being asked to to take on social pressures and mix with new people and mix with you know clients and whatever areas that you work in um, so football develops a whole range of skills that you can use across you know across across your yourself across society and and in your in your day-to-day life and so it's not just not just about developing players you know can we develop people that can go on to be good people with with a vast array of skills and then you know they can choose their career path from there but but definitely it's, it's all about you know, giving them as many skills as possible to to, uh, to progress yeah yeah dealing with that evaluation that sort of adrenaline as well i think is is significant from, from being in football trials so then maybe perhaps doing presentations in your work whatever you whatever you do it's funny that we t- I mentioned 
of my toe on the bins and we just had the recycling yeah. <laughs> pull up and we didn't have recycling when I was on them about 15 years ago but that's a good good development since then to be fair just throwing a few glasses so hopefully that didn't um to those of you listening put you off too much but I think it's it's a vital thing isn't it and I, I wondered as well because you're working with different clubs in local areas and I went to El Glossico not last season but the season before people arrested and there's already this it's not got a historical kind of aspect to it with the Cheltenham Town Forest Green Rovers Gloucestershire Derby there's an intensity to it you haven't encountered any sort of tribal resistance being a Cheltenham academy coach have you from the other the other clubs not, not really and, and like I say for, for professional clubs it's a, this sort of programme is a win-win because you know we have a pool of talented players so they've already been selected so they've already gone through a trial process so these are the best of grassroots players you know available um, and we're offering them to clubs you know and, and trying to help them go in on trial with clubs and we you know we're not charging for that we're not you know we're not looking to link in with one club specifically if they're looking for you know it might be that they're looking for a, an attacking fullback at under 12s and they can literally call us up and they say Say, look, what have you got? Can we come down and you know look at your players, and can we come down and maybe maybe look to invite one or two in? And and so we don't get too much resistance because you're effectively <laughs> offering clubs you know talented players for for free. Um, and the, probably one of the biggest things that I've noticed is is the clubs that we've mentioned. So Forest Green, Bristol Rovers, uh, Yeovil, uh, even sort of Newport when you're going over the border. Oh, okay. These these clubs don't have huge amounts of money they don't have huge recruitment pools they don't have you know yeah. they can't pay loads of scouts to go out and watch games all the time so what we've said is look this is a pool of players that are your best of your grassroots players so instead of going out and just sort of you know hoping to find one at a grassroots game as and when you can you know we already have them here and and clubs don't have the it's almost like a recruitment agency in a way isn't it yeah really yeah yeah it is and and you know like i said when when you're looking at recruitment processes for clubs you know these clubs don't have big budgets to go out and watch grassroots games so we kind of do the hard work for them um, and it's then down to them to, to come and see what we've got and to work with us on on recruiting players yeah it's, it's interesting the whole the whole process uh, isn't it what do you think for for kids and who do you advise to get involved in this perhaps and parents who are listening to this you're based in in Cheltenham I know it's closed for this summer has it is that right and will no, it reopen now no, so, no we, we run right the way through so we're open all the way through now the only time we'll close is a couple of weeks at Christmas um, and really the, the people that we you know that we're trying to sort of get this out to is is anybody really that you know so parents of, of players that maybe have been you know have had rejection in the past or players that that want to go on and and, and to trial with professional clubs but for whatever reason that hasn't happened you know that's what we're here for so they come into our program and we can arrange those trials for them um, it's just a question of, of them you know them getting in touch with us and, and trying to, to get involved in our program really but anybody who's, who's working with talented players it could be coaches it could be teachers you know we get a lot of teachers talk yeah. to us about about talented players within their schools programs um, anybody involved with with young people in a sporting environment that, that thinks that they've got potential to go on and do well you know that those are the people we're, we're looking at really yeah I know because people of our generation always lament the fact that there's not enough kids playing on the street anymore and in the gardens but there is still a possibility isn't there because we we sort of we criticize competitive dads and mums who push kids but actually unless they're doing that and putting them to the notice of the academy put them in trials it's hard for the the football clubs to know they're there there could be people who are just brilliant playing with their brother in the back garden who suddenly miss go under the radar isn't it i suppose that maybe you maybe someone else sees playing in the park and says hang on a minute mate why don't you uh, get in touch with bridge the football academy yeah and yes definitely and, and you end up with you know, a hundred pairs of eyes are better than one, and yes, it's opinions, and you know, parents may may be sort of have precedence to for their own children, or they may have you know people that that they've got other you know other influences to to push them forward. But you know that that's then down to us. You know, we have our own sort of trial process. But really, anybody, you know, everybody's got to do their bit for 
for sort of progression within football and for the national game and and so you know down to any coaches any teachers parents yeah. you know even just spectators of course local football you know those are the people that we're looking to speak to about about bringing players in definitely just wonder if sending you know sometimes seeing kids on video can when in a natural environment you can see what they're really capable of if they're relaxed in a, in a different environment the school team or whatever yeah we've had that we've had you know in the last couple of weeks we've had people sending in videos of you know specifically goalkeepers actually a couple of goalkeeper videos of you know dads doing little bits with their with their son you know trying to to sort of video and show show what he can do in in kind of a technical environment so yeah videos and you know even just getting in touch with messages and lesson and like i say we've got our own trial process so it's just a question of of getting in touch and saying look you know there is no no cost at that trial point so they can come in with us there's no cost to come in on trial um come in see the environment see what we do and see if it's for you it's not for everybody like i said we are exclusive we are looking to work with the best the best of kind of grassroots level yeah um, but you know yeah, just just come and see what it's about, really. And you're on social media, Bridge Football Academy, as well. Um, in the, and at the moment, you're working with the younger kids. But do you, are you interested in the thing? Because when I, when you first mentioned it to me, when Cy Goodwin first mentioned it to me, that I thought it'd be like the kind of guys who maybe slip out of the academies or miss the academies at 18, 19, playing semi-professional football locally, potentially to to kick on again. Um, are you looking at that age group later down the line as well, maybe to to get them back into to conference and lower league football? Yeah, so the the vision for the program is that we would we would go up to to 16s and then we wanted to have a an 18s group, a 21s and a 23s. Um, and with those age groups, we'd look to kind of work with local colleges that so we're running alongside an education program as well. Yeah. So definitely players that have dropped out of academy football for for whatever reason um, at the at the older age groups. That's something that that we're we're committed to and something that we'll definitely be doing. Um, for now, we're we're focusing on kind of the the younger age groups and trying to get those set up and established and get get players into clubs um, early on and then as we go um, the age groups will expand we'll take on more age groups and like I say the plan will be to have you know right the way up to 18s 21s and 23s because even at 23 you still get players that haven't been taken by, by yeah. clubs for whatever reason striker at Charlton wasn't there Moisa yeah exactly a couple of years ago yeah exactly there's, there's loads of um, you know players that you know Jamie Vardy was playing in the non-leagues you know there's loads of players that, yeah. that have gone all the way through into non-league Ian, football Ian Wright yeah Ian <laughs> yeah. Wright and, and you, you know you think about these players and the talents that they've got but up to 20 21 22 they still hadn't been noticed or they still weren't weren't playing anywhere near the level that they went on to, to play at yeah. so you know there's there's countless kind of you know players that you could name that have been in that situation so to stop stop with player development at 16 or even at 18 is is crazy really so yeah definitely a 21s and a 23s is, is something that we're going to be committed to and you're getting more aware of that aren't you i think in society now but people could have suffered a bereavement their parents could have divorced at certain key age of development there's loads of stuff that goes on in so life that perhaps variables. can definitely yeah. so many variables and as i said you know you're judging young people at a time in their lives certainly in secondary school periods where there are hundreds of variables and you can have you know bereavements is, is a great example where where maybe a player loses loses the love for football because they've got you know other other sort of pressures and upsets going yeah. on um, but there's no reason to say that at 17 18 even at 20 21 that he's not going to come back into that and, and still have the skills to to you know make make a living from it yeah i remember one of my friends died actually when i was at university and trying to play football just exhausted and i think you just felt like you had a kind of lead weight on you which was thinking of obviously an emotional thing so it's interesting that that, that happens now you are at cheltenham town academy the season's coming up you mentioned goalkeepers psycho was trying to get me to play in goal for the cheltenham legends team which is weird because i'm not a Cheltenham legend, not a former footballer, never played a game in goal, but I think he's desperate at the weekend. But they've got their season launch. In terms of the academy, and you're obviously going to work with Michael Duff, are there any youngsters coming through that the Cheltenham Town fans who might listen to this podcast should look out for? 
Yeah, I mean, we've got, you know, if, if you look at our track record for producing players, obviously we've got Luke, Luke Thomas is doing fantastically well. Um, you know, he, he's a great example of, of a player that came through the ranks at Cheltenham and is now making a, a, a career in the Football League. Um, yeah, if, come, come and watch the Academy Games. There's some great talent, you know, all the way through the age groups, really. Um, where, when do for, you pl- where do you play the games and when? Um, so the Academy Games are played on a Sunday, Sunday morning over at Seasons, down at the training ground. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, so that's there's, behind Swindon Road, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, behind Swindon Road, yeah. And there's, there's some fantastic talent right away through our age groups now and we're really excited about about you know certain individuals within the program that you know we hope will have bright futures but again you know if they don't you know we we know that we're producing good people now and we've got some really good work that we're doing with them sort of socially and psychologically and, and especially with the older age groups you know they have a psychologist now that they can see so so we're really doing a lot at Cheltenham specifically to, to help young people um, but for those that aren't already in that program that's obviously why we've set this academy up as well so yeah, yeah it works really well. And does the fact that you obviously worked with Michael for a little bit, Michael Duff, the Cheltenham Town manager, the fact that he was a Burnley Academy coach after finishing playing there, is that, is that help? Do you think that he, obviously for him, it, I guess intrinsically he's going to lean towards the academy and be interested in that? Yeah, Michael came through came through himself, you know, he yeah. came through the, the academy at, at Cheltenham as well. So so again, just another another example of somebody that came through through our programme and obviously went, you know, is now the first team manager, but, but you know, was did, did really well at Burnley as well. So, so just another example that you know, it can happen. You can earn, earn really good careers and, and do really well from, uh, you know, from from basic academies. You know, from League One, League Two clubs. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, it's uh, brilliant to meet you, Nick, and I enjoy watching you uh, this season. I have to come down and watch an yeah, academy yeah, game or watch, two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, come down and, and uh, yeah, come and have a watch because there's some some great talent. For yeah, sure. I used to play for Pershaw Town. I remember missing a penalty against Worcester City's uh, t- at, at the uh, the old stadium, St George's Road in Worcester. But that was uh, that was a long time ago. Still so, psychological pressure, you see. Still I know. Yeah. That, is what I'm saying. It's, you know, so so common now. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Well, I always think, <laughs> it was, every time there's a charity game and I get asked to take a penalty, I still kind of brick myself remembering that. It's probably a psychological scar. I need to go to a counsellor. Um, but yeah, pleasure speaking to you really appreciate it guys I hope you like the podcast do check out if you are in the Gloucestershire area at the uh, Bridge Football Academy on social media as well I'll put up a tweet or something a linking to it you can follow me Ed Draper 81 on there love it if you could rate the podcast as well on iTunes and I hope you have a good weekend cheers guys bye